Well, look, I think, uh, firstly, I want to say it's my pleasure, Eric, uh, for giving you insight into these new levels from around the world. Uh, absolute pleasure. You can just name it if you want at any time. Just say, you know. I don't need to thank you because you thank yourself. So it's not a problem. I do. I, well, I'm not getting thanks. I'm just thanking myself. Like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Snoop Dogg. I'd like to thank myself for doing all the hard work. <laughs> Welcome to the pod this week. We are The Expansive. My name is John Sane, always joined by Eric Kruger. I am in Dubai. Eric is in Cape Town, and we do this every week. We talk about things that make you more expansive in your personal life and in your professional life. Welcome, Eric, and welcome to all our listeners. How are you doing, bro? Hey, brother. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, it's been cold and rainy here, which is my preferred type of weather, so it's been great. What's been happening for you? It has not been cold and rainy in Dubai at all in any way. Um, it's been warm and uh, it's been good. I've been loving it. Although I've only got about, I don't know, uh, maybe three weeks to go in Dubai and then I start traveling and it's also heating up as well as Ramadan is starting. So the city, mm. I'm always sad when the city starts to go through this phase because people start leaving and, and again, you congregate back here in September, October. So mm. this is the time where you, you start to say goodbye to the sort of like circles that you've created. So it's, it's, it's both sad and exciting because there's a lot of exciting things ahead of us, but uh, also sad because I do love the city and I love the sort of uh, yeah. combination of uh, different types of people and experiences that you have, which is just remarkable. I can't wait to host you here and show you around. Yeah, I've been doing that. To yeah. Yes, it is overdue, mm. actually. It is overdue. So let's get straight into the pod. We've got some exciting things to be talking about. Uh, we have a live event coming up in Cape Town real soon, which we'll be le le launching some dates for. So we've only got 40 people that we can have because it's a very high-end five-star experience that we've created. And it's open and free for the first 50 mm. cool people that apply. And uh, so we'll be launching those dates in this week sometime. And so look out on both our socials where we'll be launching that. And we're going to be doing more of that, more expansive events, just to give back, meet, our, meet the people listening to our podcast. And hopefully we're going to do them in Johannesburg and Dubai so that we can meet a cross-section of mm. uh, people from all around the world. So Eric, yeah. do you want to kick us off? Because we've got four or five topics that we want to jump into and uh, we're, going to, we're going to unpack them for you. Yeah. Um, I just want to say that I'm I'm very excited for the event. We did an event in 20, was it 2020 or 2019 was our last event where we 19. had 2019. Yeah. I mean, it was like way, way pre-COVID. So we hosted an event for all the expansive listeners. I think we had about 300 people come to the event. It was at a WeWork and it was just an incredible evening to get to know people, to mingle a bit. Because ultimately what the podcast is about and everything that we are doing is that we are building a community of people who dare to be expansive, who wants to figure out what the next level might be for them and how they can get there. And so it's great to be able to bring people together in an in a offline world. So I'm looking forward to it. 23rd of March, I think is the date. Um, oh, and then damn it. We'll... You dropped the date. Oh, but they can't. Oh, they sorry. Can't. You, you can't register it. You can't register it. <laughs> 23rd of March. Yes, it's a, it's a Tuesday night. March. Yeah, it's, it's going to be in Seapoint, but we'll be yes. releasing uh, Cape Town, Seapoint, Cape Town. So we'll release all those dates and details this week. Amazing. Mm. Cool. So let's jump into it. So uh, where I actually want to start is kind of hinting on to something that we just spoke about a bit offline. So something I'm 
constantly reminded of and fascinated by is the fact that there are just all these different levels to life. You know, no matter where you look in life, you'll always find it. So you go out and you uh, get your first watch and it's a $10 watch, but then you realize, oh, there's also a $100 watch and a $1,000 watch and a $100,000 watch and a million dollar watch. And so it just, it just keeps going up and up. Same thing, you get into keynote speaking. Um, initially, you're like, well, people will pay me money for this, like to go and speak. And then you realize, oh, well, actually, there's a level up from this where people are paying like ten, fifteen thousand $15,000 for a talk. And then you're like, oh, well, actually, people are getting paid $50,000 for a talk. And you're like, oh, well, people can get paid $150,000 for a talk. You know, So it's just that there are all these levels that we get to ascend through. And the more I've been thinking about it, I've had sort of three observations about this. And I mean, you've experienced this as well, right? Like you've, you've seen the levels and we've spoken about this on the pod before as well. Yes. I'm, I'm very aware of these levels. Very aware of the levels. So that's actually my first observation is that we need exposure to these levels because often when you speak to someone, they'll say, and I've seen this in coaching happen a lot, is someone will say, you know, I want to level up my life. And then you're like, okay, cool. What does that mean? And they don't have an answer for that. They have the pool that they want to level up, but they don't know what it looks like. And the reason you don't know what it looks like is because you haven't been exposed to what that next next level looks like. And I think we've both had some eye-opening experiences recently that have shown us what the levels are and, and where we are sitting in relation to those levels. So it's important that when you are feeling stuck and you're feeling like you don't know what that next level is, that you, that you know to go and look. Don't try and imagine what that next level will be. Go and look for it because there is someone out there right now who is at that level and there's someone who is beyond that level. And when you can find those people and model them or use them as inspiration, then at least you start knowing exactly what to aim for and how to potentially get to that next level. You have anything that you want to add to that? <laughs> yeah, I'm smiling because um, I've just in the last six months been exposed and I've also told you who I've been speaking to and what I've learned from them and shared with you what I've learned from them. And that level of exposure has 100% changed every touch point of my brand, what I'm thinking about, how I'm thinking it, how I'm building it, how I'm aiming at it, who I'm speaking to, what I'm saying to them. It has fundamentally changed. And just off the air, you were telling me that I look tired and I am tired. And you were saying, but you know, why are you so tired? And it's like, it's this total rejig of everything that you have to do to play at this level. And mm. if you want to play on a global level, you have to really get stuck into the nitty gritty and the science of what the people around you and above you and ahead of you are doing so that you can emulate, copy, uh, engage, steal, borrow, do whatever you have to do. Because guess what? Other people are doing that with you. So it's mm. just a matter of just next step, next step, next step, next step. And mm. this is really a, 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 a fundamental way. And I think the term is proximity. How do you get yourself into the proximity of the people that you are looking up to and want to spend time with and want to learn from? Mm. So yeah, great, great point. So, yeah. So number two is that you have to know what level you want to play at because there's nothing wrong with wanting to play at level five, you know, instead of level 10 or 15 or 20 or 30, whatever it may be. 
there's nothing wrong with selling $100 watches instead of $1,000 watches. It's just a choice that you have to make. And I remember this very clearly from when I was running Think Week, is that on one specific day in Think Week, I think it was the, the, like the fourth day, we had a vision for the future day. And it was all about where do you see yourself in a few years' time? What do you want to accomplish? You know, when you look at that next level, what is it for you? And some people had these very grand ambitions. You know, they would be the global player that have these cars and this kind of house. And then there were some people who felt, they kind of felt out of place because they were like, well, actually, I'm quite happy with the way my life is. Like, all I really want is to be by the ocean in a, in a house, live a very simple life. And they were like, well, is there something wrong with me that I don't want to have a level 100, but I'm, I want to play like at level five? And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's just you have to decide at which level you want to play and also realize that it's different for us. Maybe like what your level 100 and my level 100, you know, that might be different. But the important thing is not to fool yourself. It's not to go, well, you know, I'll play here. I'll play small. I'll play like at a five. I don't want to play at 100. But actually, it's just because you are fearful that you might not be good enough to play at 100. Or you don't want to put in the effort to play at 100. That's the only time I'm going to push back on you and say, actually, you like you playing too small. But if it's like, a, if it's really, you know, I, I'm happy with where I'm at and the level I'm at, and you are, it's true to you, then I think it's fine. Thoughts? Yeah, I, I think the, the the key point there is is true to you and how you mm. make it okay that it's true to you. You know, yeah. and people will say, "Well, I don't want that. I, I don't need that." And yeah, it could be true to them, but why is it true to them? Is it a, mm. I've given up, I don't want to push any harder. I'm actually happy just with where I am at the moment. I don't need to push any harder. Is it based on fear or just real contentment? And I think mm. that's the question you need to keep asking yourself. And also remember something is that even the people that are doing those amazing dreams that you are dreaming of are also still questioning themselves, are also still for having, um, what's it called? Uh, imposter syndrome. Like mm. nobody's, like was it Beyonce that said to Oprah after her interview, how did I do? Mm. And that's a soundbite. You've seen that soundbite all over social media. It says even Beyonce was wondering whether she was good enough to be there with yeah. Oprah. Yeah. And so everybody's in that state. So no matter at what level you are, you're still in the process of, Jeez, is this happening to me? And, and also as it's happening to me, I'm like, I can't believe I'm getting paid this much to do this and I'm at this level and I'm flying first class and I'm, at, I'm here. And then you're like, okay, there's more. Okay, okay, mm. wow, there's more. Okay, there's, there's, mm. a bigger, there's a bigger play to play. And I think this is exactly why I moved to Dubai is because you're surrounded by this microcosm of super successful people. And so like, it's quite a thing to like, be surrounded by these people that have just things done things on global levels with high impact and kind of like, you know, the first, first few months was quite daunting because you're like surrounded by these people that have just been thinking differently to you. And this is why you're here, right? So you have to readjust your energy and, and your focus. So absolutely. You have to ask yourself whether mm. the true you is making the decision or the fear-based you is making the decision. Exactly. Good point. And then the last one is, that if you want to achieve level 10 goals, you need a level 10 mindset and you need level 10 worthy actions. And it sounds so simple, and I know it is, but we are usually a level behind our goals. We are usually operating at level four, wanting level five goals. And that's never going to happen unless you put in the work 
that's going to help you move to become a level five, a level six, a level seven, level eight person. And I actually, where this was kind of um, catalyzed for me was when I was just thinking about teamwork yesterday. And I realized that this is actually the thing that I'm, I'm seeing with teams all the time is that the goals we have are level 10 goals, but the team we have is a level eight or level seven team. <laughs> and the, and, and the, the actions course, you have are minus two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You are never going to accomplish that, those goals. It won't happen. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah. it's good to also have the awareness of where you are at because that real, realistic um, assessment of your mindset, of your skills, means that you can take more concrete actions towards closing the gap between the level you're at and the level you want to be at. So that's my little spiel on, on levels. It's something I'm always thinking about. I think because I just, personally, I love leveling up. I love seeing and being exposed to these incredible levels which people play at. And I want to be playing at those levels as well. So for me, it's incredibly inspirational when I do come across um, or when I am exposed to these new levels. I'm like, wow, there's so much more. And now that I know that, I can, like you were saying, rejig and reorientate and reconstruct myself to get to what those levels require for me. Well, look, I think, uh, firstly, I want to say it's my pleasure, Eric, uh, for giving you insight into these new levels from around the world. Uh, absolute pleasure. You can just name it if you want at any time, just like, you know, I'd just like to thank John uh, for showing me the potential of where I need to be going. I don't need to thank you because you thank yourself. I do. So I, well, I'm not getting thanks. I'm just thanking myself. Like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Snoop Dogg. I'd like to thank myself for doing all the hard work. So yeah, very good. And, and, and this kind of dovetails well into my points where I want to talk about the fact that I think goals are useless. And what starts happening to us is that we get caught up in outcomes, not in systems. And this is called a dopamine reward prediction error. And what this says to us is that you only celebrate outcome, you don't celebrate system, you don't celebrate challenge. And this has been brought about for us based on the economic model of economies of scale and efficiencies at all costs through a schooling system that only marks you at the end of your year, saying to you, no matter what you did throughout the year, as long as you cram the last bit or just scrape through the last bit, now as long as you've got that pass mark, it's done. And then at work, as long as you're getting the sale, doesn't matter who you're trampling over, no matter what environmental issues that you're creating around the world, no matter how unhappy your people are, did you get your quarterly bonuses? And if you do, then we can celebrate. This problem is becoming much bigger as we move into an uncertain future. And when we are setting goals that aren't sometimes achievable because the macro environment doesn't allow it to be achievable, also we realize that even by achieving that goal, such a short-lived high, and you've had a struggle getting there, the whole point is the struggle is just needs to be celebrated. So I want to I drop a line that says true long-term thinking is goalless thinking. And when you think about that is that the goal is the behavior. And so when you talk about layering up, I think it's also important to go, well, I look up, I see where I need to get to, and then I bring all my focus back into the behavior that's required to get me there. Mm. You know? And so mm. also what that says is that you realize that everything 
is a process. And I say it like that to remind myself because I learned it in Costa Rica with Dr. Joe Dispenza. And he was talking about the fact that everything in life is a process. And when you're in a process, you're patient. And I think it was Gary Vee who said, the bigger the goal, the bigger the patience. And that's exactly what it is, is that you stop building your idea into goal setting. You build it into system building. And the system building gives you the ability to have continuous improvements on an ongoing basis without getting miffed out that you haven't achieved what you wanted to achieve, which is, again, an old way of thinking about things. So if I were now saying to you off air, I've met a range of different people um, that have pushed me and I've realized the system that I've been following has not been as good as it should have been. And I was speaking to Rich Mulholland, also a, a well-known speaker in South Africa and now growing around the world. And I was telling them about this. And he was saying that, you know, in South Africa, we become lazy because you're well-known in South Africa, then everybody keeps booking you. You come to the rest of the world, you're invisible, dude. You're less than invisible because you're like, mm. you know, who are you? What are you doing here? And so you have to really start to develop a system that is continuously pushing out research, pushing out whatever it is in our world. Now, obviously, whatever business you guys are in, whoever's listening, what is your system to up yourself? And what is your system that is able to bring continuous improvements on a continuous basis? And there was some research done that showed that the best way to do this, and it was done with Olympic athletes, is to improve yourself between 1% and 4% a day or a week and keep that small improvement on an ongoing basis. And so really that's the thing is incremental change that adds up to the big thing. So you want to layer up, look up, see where you want to go, and then look back down and start getting busy with behavior change. So that's really the sort of idea around yeah, me is I that, love that many of us get focused in on planning and we want to, we want to like, we, we just want to keep strategizing and we want to keep planning and we want to keep doing the marketing, but actually the hard work behind the scenes when nobody's watching, that's really where it comes down to. And I think it was a great line that says, anybody who has done anything remarkable about the, around, anything remarkable with their lives has, sm has spent an enormous amount of time by themselves. And it's that time by yourself that you are rejigging your brain, retraining yourself, meditating, whatever it is that you're doing, listening to podcasts, whatever it is that you're doing is how are you spending your time alone, reframing, rejigging, and recalibrating yourself to have the behavior for where it is that you want to go. And it's not easy. It's not mm. an easy process, mm -mm. but nothing e amazing has been achieved through anything simple, easy, or in your comfort zone. And so stop setting goals, or if you are, have them loosely placed ahead of you and start to set, set, set the systemized process that you're going to be doing in your daily life. So that is my spiel and my mm. idea that I wanted to bring across. I like it. And I like the look up and then look down. So like know what your goal is and then get busy with the system and the process. Uh, because I also, I posted a thing uh, like two days ago that is similar to this. And the reason I posted it is because when you look at those levels, if that's the only place that you are focusing on, it creates quite a bit of anxiety because all you can think about is I'm yes. not there. I'm not there. I'm not there. And on top of yes. that, you go, it feels like I can see the path to it, but also not, you know, it's like, yeah. yes, if I do yeah. this, then maybe like, but I, I, 
you kind of don't know. And so you are trapped in the anxiety of like not being there. You're trapped in the anxiety of not knowing how to get there. But if you can just take your mind away from that and just come back to process, then those paths start unfolding in front of you. And that's what you need to work towards. Um, so the thing I posted was actually a, a screenshot from a book I've been reading that says, I directed our focus less to the prize of victory than to the process of improving, obsessing perhaps about the quality of our execution and the content of our thinking. That is our actions and attitude. I knew if I did that, winning would take care of itself. And that's, that's ultimately, I think, what, what you get from focusing on the process is that you do get to level up. You do get to arrive at your destination. But it's by not obsessing about it. It's by obsessing about the process and the system. It's exactly uh, what we were saying a few weeks ago together is that when you have got such incredible goals out there and you haven't achieved them, your focus is on the fact that you haven't achieved them. And then the energy you're putting out mm. into the universe is – I haven't achieved it. And so the universe is giving back to you the same energy mm. that says, oh, you haven't achieved it. Here's some more, I haven't achieved it. Here's some more, I haven't achieved it. Yeah. And so you keep, you keep reliving, I haven't achieved it. Yeah. You start looking for places in the world to say and confirm to your addiction to, I haven't achieved it yet. And I speak from experience mm. because it's a comfortable place to sit there and go, oh, I haven't achieved it yet. Well, don't worry about that. Just start getting busy with your, with, your, with your behavior. And then your behavior becomes the thing that you're measuring. And then in that process, you're like, oh, I've done this already. I've done that already. Oh, wow. Okay. I've achieved this already. And so, yes, the, the, the energy you're putting out into the universe that's also echoing back to us on a continuous basis is important to think about. And when you're focused on behavior, the energy you're putting out is the energy of improvement. Mm. When you're focused on goal and you haven't achieved it, then you're focusing on, I haven't achieved it. And then you become a sulky mm. little person. Did we ever speak about that on okay. the podcast? I, I don't think so. I uh, know. I don't think we have. Yeah. But it's, but it's also a realization I've been having, you know, it's uh, like a, a, I had, I had a hundred thousand dollars or more in, of work in the, in the pipeline. And within five days, every single event got canceled. One was because of Turkey. One was because of tech layoffs. It was all stuff that was nothing to do with me, but in one foul swoop, I mm. lost so much money. And I just sat there going, I can't believe it. It's, I haven't, I haven't got it. And I, and it clicked. I was like, all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, I'm doing what I've always done. Oh, I have created a world that has gotten me to fall back onto. I can't believe it's happened to me again. I can't believe this has all been. I can't believe. And mm. I, oh, stop, 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 stop. Handbrake, handbrake. Okay, get busy with your behavior. What are you doing? Okay, I'm building this, I'm building this, I'm fixing this, I'm fixing this. All of a sudden, the energy's back up. And guess what? There's clients again, lots of clients. In fact, maybe mm. more than there was before. And those old ones that postponed are coming back now because, you know, Turkey's not happening anymore and, and Turkey's done now. And so, so yes, it's like, watch the patterns we love to mm. complain about and, and feel sorry for ourselves. And then you keep that pattern up. You keep creating realities to give you the option, opportunity to practice those patterns. I mean, come on, man. Come on. We're stuck in a loop, man. We're stuck in a loop. We're stuck in a loop. Yeah. Stuck in a loop. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Cheese. Over and over and over. And over. All right. Over cool. And so, over. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. And then you're like, cool, I've, I've identified the loop. And yeah. then there's just the next loop and the next loop and the next yeah, sure. loop. And then you're like, oh, wait, I'm back in the loop that I feel like broken <laughs> before. What, like, what happened? Yeah, like, wasn't this taken care of like a year yeah, ago? Exactly. Like, yeah. Okay, exactly. cool. Uh, so the next one that I have might seem a bit contradictory to, to what I just spoke about in terms of levels. So 
if I came to you and I said, how can I be more successful? Typically, what you might find is people will go, well, the answer to being more successful is you need to do this and this and this and this and this and this and this, right? The answer is do more things. But as it turns out, that is our default stance towards solving problems is addition. We add. When very often the best solution is actually to subtract. And so what happened is I came across a study in what's called uh, Nature, which is a, a very well-known, well-respected journal. And what they wanted to see was when people want to improve an idea, a product, a situation, what do they do? And what they found is that almost without fail, what we look for are what they call additive transformations, meaning that we add things to transform it instead of looking for subtractive transformations. So it's like, that's like your default system is that the moment you say improve, get better, we think addition. And I thought that's so true because I see that for myself all the time. And so what, what happened, which is quite interesting, is that they gave them diagrams to solve. And like this diagram would have lots of different blocks and then some of the blocks would be filled in and it creates a pattern. And what they would prompt them to do is to say, uh, create symmetry. So you would see, for example, you know, a, a square, and then there would be some, you know, two or three blocks to the side that's also colored in. And they say, create symmetry. And almost without fail, people would go and color in those same blocks on the other side. Color in. Instead of just right. deleting the ones yeah. that... Oh, you know, wow. Yeah, exactly. You would delete the other ones, you would create some... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Oh my God, I got caught there. I got caught. Yeah. What happens is addition, the, the, the bias for addition is very deeply rooted in human psychology. That when we think of addition, we think value creation, we think creativity, we think effort. Whereas when we think subtraction, we think being lazy, being boring, being wasteful. Mm. Mm. And, mm. you know, I have, to be honest, I've been over the past few weeks like having gone through this and, and reading through this, I realized I've been very much stuck in that loop that I've been thinking about leveling up. And what, I've, what have I been doing? I've been going, do more, do more, this more, more content, more exposure, more this. And coming out of, out of reading this and preparing for the pod today, I want to go sit with less. I want to go think about Look, where do I fat to get to the next level, to get there faster. So I'm yeah. not so heavy bloated moving to the next level. I, I, I think it's very much in line with what you said. I think the, another way to, to, to word it is what is the most important questions you need to be asking and answering? That's it. It's like, I think people get caught up in, in fluff and not in core. Mm. And I often, I often tell people, you know, like you're working so hard, you're running a business. People ask me for strategy advice. And then I say, well, have you worked on your relationship with money? And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, that's a question that most people don't even ask. And that's the, that's the stuff you should be working on more so than anything else because you can work as hard as you want and you've got a bad relationship with money. It's, just, it's a pointless exercise. But people don't want to go there. It's hard. You have to deal with many of your old stories and legacies. And so doing less but better is very, very important. And I think that's the key is to find out. I mean, I think there was a – not I think. There was a – I used to run a strategy session called Stop Brainstorming, Start Question Storming. And the idea here was, it's not about coming up with new ideas. It's about asking better questions. 
Mm. And so what is a better question? What's a better question? What's a better question? What's a better way for me to go about doing what I'm doing? And I think this is exactly in line with you. I want to layer up. But what I want to do is I want to ask better questions of how I'm layering up. And this also comes down to the fact that am I focused on a goal or a system? And if I'm continuously working on a goal, then, you know, you're leveling up on the wrong sort of process. And I think it's just a readjustment of the sales of what you're focusing on. That's it. That's, that's kind of all mm. it is, is that you're energetic, you're ambitious, you're driven, but where are you focusing your energy? And I think that mm. becomes the key, you know? Mm. So it's a good point. I like it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, I also think um, of it, you know, yeah. if you're leveling up and like you're in a, in a hot air balloon, what do you do? You cut off the weights, you know, because that makes you uh, send faster wow. and go higher, you know? Wow. That's a good and one. I think, yeah. And those weights yes. could be beliefs like or attitudes, could be people, it could be many things. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. On to the last. Wow, I like that. Yeah, I like that. It's always good. To, it's, look, it's always good to get high, you know? Anyway, <laughs> so um, <laughs> so my, my last one is, and we have, I have one more after this anyway, my hero of the week. But um, my last one is your three types of CEOs mm. and going into different CEO offices and I was speaking to my friend Carsten on my weekend away in the mountains here in Al Fujera in the two hours out of Dubai. Carsten was also commenting on the type of CEOs he sees. And, you know, there's three types of CEOs that you see. And it's important to know which CEO you're working with because each one wants a different thing from you. The first CEO is all about work. You arrive in his or her office. There's nothing in that office except paper and pad. And you get down and it's let's get busy to the, the point of what we're trying to make. And this type of CEO doesn't want you to be talking about your family or asking him or her more questions. It's like, what are we doing right now to create an outcome that we need to create? And so that's the first type of CEO. The second type of CEO has got all his or her pictures facing him or her. So her family, her summer home, her certificates, her dog, her whatever, facing her. her. When this, you come into this CEO's office, you realize that this CEO is, is quite empathetic and quite goal-driven in what they're trying to achieve and are really working hard at it and are focused on, I think, the right things. And they quite easily look for ways to connect with people and they want to connect. They want to hear about your stories and find common ground. And that's a great type of CEO. Then you get the third type of CEO that has every placard and sort of sign on their desk facing outwards. So their certificates, their pictures of them and Barack Obama, the pictures of them achieving X, Y, and Z and all their degrees facing out. This type of CEO needs to be spoken about. And this is the type of CEO that wants to, it's all about me. Right? It's me, me, me. This is what I've done. This is how great I've been. It's under my leadership. This has happened. That's happened. And look, this type of CEO is an idiot. Because it's a one-man, one-woman show. I don't like CEOs like this. But, 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 if you're having to sell to this type of CEO, if you're having to work with this type of CEO, you've got to realize what you have to do when you go into these offices. And so these three types of CEOs are these three types of leaders. You have to be understanding how to deal with them, what to say to them, how to say it. And I know, first and foremost, I'm very intentional about working with the two first types of CEOs. It's all about the work. It's all about connecting finding common ground. The third type of CEO, 
I have worked with in different types of organizations. But the minute I get into those offices and the minute I get into that boardroom where they have to be at the head of the table, they have to have their heads, hands on the back of their heads, they have to be bigger than, they set the tone. I try to escape as quickly as possible. And there's lots of these types of CEOs mm. out there, the megalomaniacs. Mm. But I've also worked with massive organizational CEOs that sat in the middle of the boardroom. And I even said to him, his name was Michael. I said, Michael, why don't you sit at the head of the table? He says, I avoid it at all costs, John. And he was an absolute gentleman. He listened to everybody. He's built a multi-billion dollar business, super calm, super elegant. And then the other one, the rough ones, they just have a short span. Like it's almost like an immature leadership. Mm. So the reason I think about it and talk about it is firstly, be intentional what sort of CEO and sort of client you want to work with, because that always helps. And then secondly, when you do arrive in their office, just be clear of who you're dealing with and what you need to be talking about and when in order to be able to close the deal. Mm, I like that. That's my point. If I had to quickly overlay like um, overlay leadership styles, it would seem number one is a transactional leader, right? They're all about the work. Yes. Number two is a transformational yes. leader. They're all about the heart and the the people and the empathy and the changing. Mm-hmm. And number three would oh, be the hero nice, leaders. Yes. Ah. And ah. it's funny because like I was going to say idiot leader. Idiot yeah. leader. Well. Back in the yeah. day, and I mean, even today still, you know, yes. we love to glorify leaders as heroes. That's why we have the Jeff Bezos and the mm. uh, Elon Musk. And mm. for a long time, hero leadership was actually sort of the go-to. Like you would find this leader that's yeah, going to save all of us. But then over time, obviously, it's been changing. Um, but what I often see with hero leaders is that they'll call you in to say the team has to change, but not them the team has to change, yeah. right? So it's like they, but what they don't realize is they, the problem with their team is that the way that yeah, they are yeah, yeah, driving yeah, yeah. the team, the way that they are motivating the team, the culture that they are busy creating doesn't work, mm. but their assessment isn't that I'm doing something wrong. It's that the yeah. team is doing something wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're like, well, I can't really fix the team because you're going to keep like creating a psychologically unsafe environment. Yeah. You're going to keep dismissing people. And until that changes, we can't change the team. Absolutely. Eh? And it's so obvious when you break it down, you know, like what does the actual office mm. look like? And then you can figure out, oh, okay, this is the type of person I'm leading. Yeah. With, you know? <laughs> a little yeah, cheat code so, for figuring out. Yeah, cheat like code, a- cheat code for figuring out who you work yeah. with. Yeah. You know? So, okay, those are all your points. And then, cool. you know, every week we're trying to do something different on the pod and then bringing new topics that excite both Eric and I. And this week, uh, we're introducing a new uh, hero of the week or amazing thing of the week or something of the week. And this week, I'm going to speak about a guy called Neil Harbison. And he's, his name's spelled N-I-A-L-L Harbison, A-H-A-R-B-I-S-O-N, Harbison, Neil, Neil Harbison. Neil uh, nearly died from alcohol poisoning two, three years ago. And he found himself in a Thailand hospital. He's Irish. And he's done pretty well with some digital agencies and has made quite a bit of money in pounds and decided to go on a bit of a sabbatical in Ireland, but then found himself drunk and in hospital and nearly dying. And he came out of that and decided to use his skills uh, of digital storytelling to help dogs. And, you know, he feeds hundreds of dogs now around Thailand. He has found and built a safe home for dogs 
And he tells these stories on a daily basis where he goes on his scooter and he fe- he's got a kitchen now that cooks food for all the dog shelters in, ta- in Kosumui. And he then goes on his own scooter with bags of rice and vegetables and meat that these people cook with no spices. And he feeds street dogs and he's named each street dog. So as he's riding through the streets of Kosumui, you, you you know which dog's coming around, you know, like it's different different dogs. Uh, mm. And each one of them has a health issue or something's going on. So he's developed these characters and then he feeds them. And then he's obviously very loving towards them. And then once in a while, he finds broken dogs, somebody, a dog that's been chained up for his whole or her whole life. And he takes that dog or it's a dog that's nearly about to die. And somebody's told him about this dog. He goes and finds the dog. He names the dog. And then he brings that dog into the vet. The vet sorts the dog out. Then he takes them into this halfway house. Then the other dogs become friends with the dogs. And each dog has a story. And he then takes these dogs and he gets them adopted and uh, into forever homes. And so what he's developed is this mini series or an ongoing soap opera based on these dogs and based on their characters and their life stories and how, where they come from, what's happened to them. Like he found this one dog that had a nail stuck in it and somebody had nailed this dog and it was broken. She was broken, man. She was so depressed and he named her Hope. And you must see Hope, dude. Yesterday she got adopted. She got a forever home. You must see her forever home. It's unbelievable. And she's smiling and she's running around. And so my go-to Instagram page, every time I switch it on is Neil. Because Neil starts telling me stories mm. about all the dogs that I love so much. And in fact, people now do trips to Kosumui to go and meet Neil and to meet the dogs. Amazing. And so if you want some really good, uplifting, emotionally charged content, Neil Harbison on, on Instagram. When I started following him, he had 18,000 uh, followers. He's now got 300,000 followers. And his comments and engagement is so high. I mean, you can't believe thousands of comments everybody's into these dogs and their names and they love them and sending, you should have seen how many gifts these dogs got in Christmas, boxes of toys. Boxes. <laughs> oh, it's just so beautiful, man. I love Neil. And um, he's very good friend uh, uh, here in Dubai, introduced me to him. And I've now become friends with his friend here. And, and so I'm going to go see Neil in, in Kosumui someday soon. And I mean, he's just a real hero of the week, of the year, of my life. I That's mean, he's awesome. living my dream. So Neil Harbison on Instagram. Yeah, great find. Some love. Great find. Yeah. If there's one thing that we are uh, very bullish about on the expanse of, it is to give a lot of airtime to dogs. So whenever the opportunity arises, we'll do that. Um, And that's amazing. Thank you for sharing. My pleasure. And we are about to, and just on a side note, we're about to do a pilot with uh, Discovery um, insurance company where we're going to be taking dogs from a, uh, Woodrock rescue who I'm an ambassador for, and we're going to take a few dogs to the discovery offices. We're going to get an office there. And what it's going to do is going to do two things. When people are stressed out, they can go sit with the dogs in the office and they can chill out with the dogs. And also the dogs will be exposed for people to adopt them. So we're going to start piloting this program mm. where we're going to start taking dogs to corporates around South Africa and allow these dogs to be exposed and allow people to enjoy these dogs for mm. the amazing skills they have to heal us. And so if you are a corporate and you want to 
uh, trial this out like we're trialing at Discovery. Please get hold of me and I'll connect you with Woodrock and uh, we can start the trial program to help mm. both humans and dogs. Uh, do you want to just give them your email address so they can get hold of you? Uh, hello at johnsone.com, but, you know, all over social media. I mean, if you can't get – in yeah. this day and age, if you can't get hold of somebody, I mean, you're obviously living in some under some rock. I mean, you can get hold of anybody anywhere at any time really at these days. So, yes, uh, get hold of me and I, I can connect you. So, cool. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's expansive podcast. Uh, we look forward to creating this content, curating it and delivering it. Thank you for all our new listeners. Our numbers are growing exponentially. Eric, every weekend, I don't know what happened. I think he has a whiskey every weekend and he sends me <laughs> screenshots of what's going on with the podcast numbers growing. So thank you so much to all of you for joining us on this journey we know your time is precious. If you'd like to please send us a five-star review, both on Spotify and on Apple. And soon we'll be kicking off our YouTube page again. And we'd love for you to go and subscribe to our YouTube page where you can watch us talk. And uh, we look forward to continuing this journey with you. Until next week, have an expansive week. Mm-hmm.